this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Warning, the following broadcast contains adult language, adult content, frank safety discussions, and stories that might sound unbelievable. But believe me, every one of those stories is true. We didn't start the safety war, but we are going to fight to win it. For our families, for our communities, for our workplaces, and for our lives. I had a conversation this weekend with a family member who visited us, and the conversation was on generators. I had recently uh, acquired a new generator, and I was telling him about it. He says, my wife would love to have a whole home generator and a generator for the house and everything, but I have a hard time justifying the cost and everything else. And I said, well, you have to do an assessment here of what your needs are, what your experiences are, what the realities are. So you have, I'm going to assume that most of the listeners are on the power grid here, most of our people. That would be, uh, we're connected to a generating station uh, somewhere. It could be nuclear. It could be uh, coal-fired power plants. It could be a gas-fired power plant, some type of power plant, wind-generated solar, what have you. And... Now, for whatever reason, that power plant is going to go out. It could be for a whole host of reasons here. What are we talking about? We're talking a storm may come through. My uh, biggest experience with power outage was when a storm came through named Superstorm Sandy. We were out of energy for about 11 days. The grid was down for 11 days. Fortunately, we had, and I mentioned this in previous programs, we had water running water couldn't drink it but at least you could flush the toilets things of that nature for sanitation but without power what happened hopefully you're going to get power restored quickly and your food and everything is not going to spoil necessarily as long as you don't open up a refrigerator or freezer and you know everything's in there it's going to keep for some time whatever that is i don't know no little disclaimer here i don't know depends on the situations i don't know what you have in there so therefore i can't guarantee an outcome so hopefully for 0 to 24 hours, what would be appropriate? Depending on the time of year, nothing may be appropriate. Okay, we're just going to ride it out. We're going to not have power. We're going to just hang out for 24 hours. Maybe you have a portable generator, run a couple of appliances, maybe some lights, charge up those cell phones, maybe TV. Let's say that you're assuming that you have TV, whatever, not a really a big deal. What, no, unless you have some uh, some special circumstances, like a medical issue where you have to me run medical machinery in the house, things of that nature. So category two from 24 to 72 or 96 hours in that range. Now you start to think, well, maybe it would be a great idea to have a generator. What do you need to think about with a generator? You just don't go out there and get a generator and say, hey, everything's great. What kind are we going to have? Are we going to have a natural gas or propane-fueled one? Are we going to have a diesel generator? Where it's, usually those are trailer-mounted larger for larger uh, applications, like big buildings. Or are we going to have portable one? Or are we going to have a, uh, I won't mention the name, but there is a company that advertises in large uh, hardware stores that has where it automatically comes on once power is lost, right? That may work for two or three days. Now, let's talk one thing, fuel. Okay, fuel. You have to figure out how much fuel you're going to need for that generator. And if that generator uh, runs, let's say, 
uh, for four for a gallon an hour. Let's make a simple math: a gallon an hour, which will be a pretty large generator. That would be 24 hours of fuel in the 24-hour period. Hmm. Uh, what would that be? 156 gallons of fuel in a week at current gas prices. That would be a real considerable amount of money and fuel. But are you going to run it all that time? Maybe, probably not. Maybe you're going to run it intermittently. Four hours on, four hours off, that sort of thing. Something you need to consider. Where are you going to get the fuel? Where are you going to store the fuel? Is it safe to even store that amount of fuel? Is it legal to store that amount of fuel? With a gasoline generator. Okay, now, let's talk about propane or some type of gas hookup. Now, uh, with propane... You only have, now you have to figure out how much propane versus the amount of time that generator is going to run. And remember, you're running that on a load. How much are you going to need? And again, the same questions. Can we buy that much fuel? Is it legal to store that much fuel? Is it safe to store that fuel? Do I have the facility? So uh, the one advantage that if you have something plugged into a ga the uh, gas supply for your neighborhood, which is piped through through pipelines, well your pipe through through pipelines okay how long if the pipeline goes down how much fuel are we going to have in there how much pressure are we going to have in that system well i'm told about one to two days if it shuts down that's my research that says on there thankfully during superstorm sandy we didn't lose that but again you know what what are you going to prepare for uh i've spoken to people that are so freaked out over small engines they don't even own a lawnmower they wouldn't even know how to start one up. So now you buy one. Can you maintain it? Can you start the thing? All of that goes in there. And can are you relying on one person? Do you have capacity? Can Are you relying on one person in that household to operate this equipment? What if that person is gone? Something you need to consider. Now we get on to a category three where you're up to one month without power. Is that foreseeable? Yeah, it was here for me. That's what we went through. At that point, you have to consider, well, am I going to stay with my house or in my apartment or domicile, whatever we're calling it, or am I going to bug out? Am I going to go somewhere else? Am I going to go over a relative's house, over a friend's house, in a shelter, a second home, what have you? And if you have a second home, remember you have to have stuff prepared there in case something goes on, in case you have to do a bug out over there. Something you need to consider. How you're going to get there. We're going to talk about that on a future program. I'm in an excess of one month. Now you're talking about a situation here. So I live in the Northeast here, New Jersey, New York. And you get this talk about off the grid. When you start to get into you know, over three days, four days without power, and you think that's a likely scenario, like there are some places out west that are like that, now you have to consider living and working off the grid as at least as far as energy is concerned there are many different alternatives one of the things is people in uh, my area they, and i don't know if this is everywhere they put up solar panels on their house because they're able to put energy back in the grid the quote-unquote overall grid but they may not be able to use that energy in their own house that's only goes back into the grid generally speaking it may be illegal to have those solar panels that the government just gave you a subsidy on to have it for your own house and only your own house. So that may that may be a, uh, a problem. How are you going to set up those solar panels? Uh, the other thing is they do make solar generators where they hook up, you hook up a power bank to that solar panel and you have enough 
energy run off of that power bank. Some of my projects run off of uh, power banks. Prior to us getting electric on the uh, project, they work pretty well. But again, what are those power banks good for? Is it uh, a battery that's only going to run for an hour for some lights? Or is it going to be something longer for three or four hours? Some of the other alternatives. Some of the other things. Wind power. That's making it come back in a lot of areas of the country is wind power. What's my point on all of this? You need to plan out for it. You have to figure out what's going to work for you and what you're going to be able to manage and other people in your household are going to be able to manage with power. Uh, another uh, thing to consider, wood burning or coal stoves and furnaces and things of that nature. Some areas of the country, you cannot have a coal or uh, wood furnace for a house without a permit. Fireplace is fine. A furnace for uh, and they do make them even here in the new metro new york new jersey area they still make uh wood and it's illegal and coal furnaces for houses but you need a permit now you're dealing with safety issues let's say that you're going to be uh, uh heating the house with wood are you capable of responding to an emergency with a thought like a fire that's are do you have a fire extinguisher is 911 going to be available or an emergency uh, services available all, a lot of that goes into it. With a generator, often what people do is they put them in their garage or in their basement because there's a security issue, and they end up all getting carbon monoxide poisoning or fire. So you have to think about that. You have the generator outside. How are you going to secure it? One of the more creative strategies that thieves used during Superstorm Sandy was that they got lawnmowers, and they put them in the bat people's backyards at night. So... It uh, sounded like a generator, and then they touch, took the generator. Person goes out in the morning, and the lawnmower is running. Pretty funny in a way, but that's what people were doing. That's what people, that's for things. Fuel. Where are you going to store the fuel? Uh, so, for example, during Superstorm Sandy, people, and I'm not going to give people ideas on what people do, but where people were transporting fuel unsafely. And bringing it into the inner city to run generators in New York City and in other areas that did not have fuel, that had fuel shortages. A lot of people got hurt. Uh, a lot of people uh, got arrested also for doing that, and that was a DOT violation. Those tend to get very expensive very quickly. Those are some of the things I wanted to talk about on energy. We're going to talk about communication next. And let's not forget, assess, analyze, and act accordingly. You got to know what situation you need to be in or what you need to prepare for to win that safety war during a disaster. In the professional safety community, communication and planning are just a few keys to your program's success. The question many practitioners have is, where do I start? Dr. Jay Allen, the creator of the Safety FM platform and host of the Rated R Safety Show, has built a global foundation to help you along the way. Go to safetyfm.com and listen to some of the industry's best and most involved professionals, including Blaine Hoffman with The Safety Pro, Sam Goodman with The Hop Nerd, Sheldon Primus with The Safety Consultant, Jim Pozell with Safety Wars, Emily Elrod with Unapologetically Bold, and many others. As individuals, we can do great things, but as a team, we become amazing. Dial into safetyfm.com today and surround yourself 
with a powerful force of knowledge and support. <laughs>